Hi, welcome to Living with Tole, the podcast that provides you with ideas, practical strategies, and inspiration to help you connect the presence, even through the challenges of everyday life. I'm Leo Aristimunio, and today's podcast episode features a conversation that Greg had with our very special guest, Annie Burnside. Annie is the author of a book called Soul to Soul Parenting uh, that's won a number of awards. She's an award-winning author. She's also uh, a soul nurturer, is what she calls herself, and a teacher that specializes in conscious relationships and spiritual development. Now, what does all this mean? This means that Annie is a dynamic, vibrant, uh, very conscientious and very aware individual who is passionate and committed to sharing this awareness, to sharing um, a very unique perspective on parenting. What she does is she breaks it down for families. She breaks down these teachings of non-duality. She breaks down the teachings of people like Eckhart Tolle. She breaks it down into nuggets, into specific practices that we can use to share this perspective on the world, to share it with our children, and to teach our children how to live a life of joy, of gratitude, of authenticity, of, of spirituality, of awakening, really. Annie explains that this is never a process by which the parents impose upon the children their own spiritual views or their own approaches to, to spirituality. Annie, uh, she, she advocates nurturing an atmosphere, an atmosphere of presence, of awareness, of gratitude, of love, and of love and respect from one soul to another. So it's a very, it's a beautiful, uh, holistic, wholesome approach to parenting. Um, and I know that I've I picked up some some great tips uh, that I'm going to apply as a father of three kids. I it's a constant practice, isn't it? It's a constant practice to to have all of these. Uh, moments of awakening throughout our days and our lives and and we you know we get these strategies and we get these perspectives from the teachings of Eckhart Tolle and and, and Zen Buddhism and other teachings that you may follow right but then the the everyday practice of of dealing with your children and 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 not just dealing with the challenges of of everyday life but also of of trying to understand how do we share this how do we share all of this presence, all of these teachings, all of these concepts that might be a little bit, I don't know, sophisticated, too sophisticated maybe, uh, sometimes they're too intellectualized. How do we share this mode of living in consciousness? How do we share that with kids that uh, that are trying to develop their own concepts and their own intellect and their emotional maturity and their place in the world. And that's what I love about Annie's work. Uh, she, you know, from, from this conversation, she shares strategies for doing that. She shares her own strategies that she's gone through and and, and experienced, and she shares tips from from her book. So I really 
can't say enough about it. So I, I love this interview that Greg conducted, and and, and I want to thank Annie um, ahead of time. I want to thank her for, for taking part in this and sharing her perspectives. The book is called Soul to Soul Parenting, A Guide to Raising Spiritually Conscious Family. So um, enjoy the conversation. Before we get to it, though, I want to make sure that I mention that I've created a meetup group uh, here in my hometown of Montclair, New Jersey. And this meetup group is called Living with Tole, Powerful Presence Now. And it's a meetup group that follows the, the basic format of other meetup groups throughout the country, uh, Eckhart Tolle meetup groups. Basically, it's, it's a study group. Uh, you know, it's, it's a study group where we, uh, we begin with a meet and greet. We then move over to a guided silent meditation that just takes us to this great place of, of uh, inner body awareness and presence. Um, and then we listen to a teaching from Eckhart, selections from his teachings. We listen to about 35 to, to 45 minutes from a CD, a selected CD or a DVD. And when that's done, we sit in silent reflection. And then we continue and, and conclude the afternoon meetings with uh, a conversation, a very casual conversation that um, it's not really to do with you know with clarifying or teaching or making sure that we understand the teachings uh, these conversations um, are usually more of a sharing process more of a sharing of our own experience with the teachings and and with this um, this mode of living like I said uh, earlier so it's it's been a wonderfully warm and open-minded like-minded group of individuals who are seeking to connect to a higher level of consciousness. I just wanted to read a quick quote from Eckhart Tolle's uh, Power of Now. He says, uh, group work can also be helpful for intensifying the light of your presence. A group of people coming together in a state of presence creates a collective energy field of great intensity. It not only raises the degree of presence of each member of the group, but also helps to free the collective human consciousness from its current state of mind dominance. And so with that in mind, um, I invite you to join us at the Living with Tole meetup group. And if you can't make it to ours, I invite you to look up meetup groups, Eckhart Tolle meetup groups in your area. And if that is not a possibility, and if that is not something that exists in your area, that I encourage you to start one of your own because it is really a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, very different from talking about the teachings and living with them on my own or talking about them online on the podcast and actually creating the space where we get together with a group of people uh, to, to share in presence and to share in this consciousness that we are practicing with and that we are developing. Of course, this group of people, they don't necessarily have to come together around Eckhart Tolle. It's not about one person's teachings. Um, it's, you know, Eckhart's teachings are, are a signpost, as he always says. It's one set of indicators to take us to this experience. And so it's it doesn't have to be an Eckhart Tolle group. Um, if there are any other groups in your area, 
of under the categories of spirituality or presence or self-awakening or self-awareness, uh, I think you'll be surprised if you go to meetup.com and, and take a look at some of those categories and see if you can find other groups, uh, maybe spiritual parenting, you know, you find a combina combination of different topics and uh, you'll be surprised at how many people are out there sharing these experiences and sharing them in person. Okay, great. One last reminder before we jump into the teleseminar. I just wanted to remind everyone that, of course, all of our teleseminars, our recordings, our videos, everything that's on our website, our whole project is free. It is free of advertising. It is not membership-based. Uh, we basically don't charge anything for it, uh, but we do rely on donations uh, from listeners like you. So if you enjoy our content, our podcasts, our teleseminars, our videos, we invite you to visit our website, livingwithtole.com, where you can make a contribution by simply clicking on the donate button and following the very simple steps to make a safe and secure contribution, a love offering, if you will, a token of your appreciation. We would be very grateful for that as it will continue to support our project and it will enable us to continue to keep this inquiry, this sharing, this conversation to keep it alive, keep it vibrant and uh, keep it energized. Thank you very much in advance. Thank you for joining us. And without any further ado, here are Annie and Greg talking about Soul to Soul Parenting. Welcome, everyone, to the Living with Tole Teleseminar. This is your host, Greg Larson. And uh, thanks so much for joining us tonight. We have a, a wonderful guest on our, on our teleseminar tonight, and we'll be talking about parenting and, and children. And as for those who follow Living with Tole, you'll know that both myself and my co-host, Leo Ristamunio, we both have young families. And so as this topic came up, we were both uh, very interested in ourselves, you know, in, in looking for ways to, to you know, bring into everyday life ways that we can connect with our children, ways that we can uh, model to our children what it is to be present, and and what it is to, you know, uh, allow being to influence our children. Not only all of our doing, because there's definitely a lot of doing in our world today, both myself and with Leo, but how we can, you know, balance that that uh, dimension of doing also with this dimension of being. And so uh, on the call tonight, we have a guest, Annie Burnside, and she's going to be talking about, you know, these types of um, situations, ways, ways to bring consciousness into the family, ways to bring consciousness into our parenting with our children. And she's going to be speaking, you know, in part because she wrote this book uh, recently called Soul to Soul Parenting, and so it's a guide to raising a spiritually conscious family. So she's going to be talking about some of the things she discovered on her own journey and what she was able to put down in this book, and she'll be sharing that from her book. And so before we get going here, as far as inviting Annie on the call, just go ahead and uh, just look at a few of these questions that we put out on our, on our post on Living With Tolly to introduce this call. So basically it starts out here, are you a parent looking for practical guidance that will help you create a more spiritually grounded home for your family? Are you exploring ways to forge deeper, more intimate communication within the family in the face of a fast-paced world? 
Or do you learn for a deeper connection with your children and want simple activities that you can use in everyday life? And so basically those questions, um, if that's you know coming up in your awareness, if you're looking for ways to make that connection, if you're looking for ways to you know bring a, more, a, a deeper spirituality in your home, not only to ground yourself, but to ground your family. And that's what we'll be discussing today on the Teleseminar. And then just a little bit about Annie before we get going here. A modern bridge between the mainstream and the mystical, Annie Burnside is a soul nurturer, author, public speaker, and teacher specializing in conscious relationships and spiritual development. Her book, Soul to Soul Parenting, A Guide to Raising a Spiritually Conscious Family, offers everyday mediums and universal life-affirming themes to those families seeking to expand spiritual awareness in the home. It won the 2011 Nautilus Silver Book, Silver Book Award and the 2011 Next Generation Indie Book Award. And Annie resides in Chicago, Illinois, with her husband and three children. So, Annie, welcome to the call. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, Greg, and um, I appreciate that introduction. It was a fine one. Thank you. I'm thrilled, thrilled to be here with you and with all the listeners as well, of course. Awesome, awesome. You know, actually, it's, it's funny. When I was reading over your articles and your website today, you mentioned a lot uh, in all those writings is this idea of looking at your daily life and, you know, your friendships and and your experiences within the home as portals really to start bringing you know spiritual conversations or spiritual dimensions into the home and it's funny because you know the emphasis of living with Tolle is you know ways to apply the teachings of Eckhart Tolle to daily life and so that was a good connection I know we'll be touching on that as we go throughout the call today but uh, you know a place where I'd like to start since this is a, a, a teleseminar and, a, and, a, and our website is kind of focused on the teachings of Eckhart Tolle I know that you have been influenced by the teachings of Eckhart Tolle, so if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about your journey and how Eckhart Tolle has touched your life so our listeners have kind of a little bit of background about of your relationship with his teachings. That would be a great you know, great yes. place to start for me if you just start well, like, there. Like so many others out there, Eckhart Tolle has been um, one of my favorite teachers and continues to be. Um, I'm just starting a new soul-to-soul circle this uh, Friday in Chicago for 10 weeks with a big group um, studying and dissecting the power of now and um, bringing that into our daily lives. So um, along with a few others, he's right up there for me. And kind of why I wrote the book is how to parents who, many of whom are already on this path themselves, like I was, um, break it into digestible bites for their children. Um, mm. And I thought, gosh, if I could offer others what we've come to do in our own family, not as the expert because it's right, but just as a sharing of perspective and experience and what has worked for us, of course, not perfect. It, nothing's perfect, but um, it's evolving like our family. Um, that is why I wrote the book. But Tolle, for me, I was always a real beer as a child. It comes very naturally to me. Many of you out there may have a child or two like that, always reflective, contemplative. Even today, I mean, I could sit for hours down at Lake Michigan on a bench and be perfectly thrilled with that. Um, so Tolle was a very natural kind of gateway for me into just expanding on that connection. He's been a great model, I think, a model for the world to allow our interior to be validated and focused upon as much as our exterior. 
and to really integrate those two. Um, so that's what I would say this work really relates to Tolle in that, just the interior and the exterior are both valid and how we can be very conscious of both. That is awesome. Yeah, that is I was reading a little bit from the New Earth today, and that's you know something he was emphasizing in the in the, the bit he wrote about you know conscious parenting is just to. You know, I think he he brought it back to what you were sharing too is just modeling. You know that's so important, and not only um, you know and not being so focused in all the doing because the kind of the doing with our busy lives these days kind of I would think just comes naturally. There's so much going on and so many opportunities for events and activities and. And yeah. busy stuff that that's easy to do. So this, you know, bringing a focus onto the being, which is so yeah. powerful. And he had this great saying, you know, such as you know, as far as you know, recognizing your child, they're yearning not only to be recognized for all they do, but they're yearning to be recognized for just who they are, as far as being their, at their soul level, really. Yeah. I don't know if you can speak to that a little bit. Well, that's no. why, to me, it's, you know, soul-to-soul parenting, how I came up with the um, the title. I was um, out on a walk several years ago, and I had one of my first really conscious, soul, what I would call soul-to-soul experiences. And, of, of course, we've all had them, um, but we might not be aware, and that's what I began calling it. I was walking, and I looked over at this lawn care worker right in Evanston, um, where I live, near Northwestern University, and um, suddenly I was overcome with breathlessness, oneness, I just stopped in my tracks and observed him. And the, there was no difference between the two of us. Um, my scalp was just pulsating, tears sprung to my eyes, rendered speechless. And it really was the larger perspective of me connecting mm. with the larger perspective of him. And he didn't know what was going on per se. He didn't have to. It was deeply felt in my own interior, and I knew that if he could be, he'd be aware of it too to share that space. We shared the same space, and um, and then it was just day after day, and this is actually good activity with your family. You can begin introducing soul to soul, and we practiced for one month on my desk. I had a little piece of paper notching, heading out into the world and consciously thinking it's really soul to soul. So it's not really parent to child. It's really soul to soul. Mm. It's not really neighbor to neighbor, doctor to patient, you know, um, the grocery store cashier to customer. And when you head out and kind of help your children to even get that on their radar, because it's quite natural for them, it's just amazing. I mean, my, my kids were very young at the time, and you'd pass a roofer. There's another one, Mommy. There's a soul. Like seeing beyond just that there's a, a man in a human suit roofing. So I love that you brought – it's that larger perspective. And like I said, we are a modern family. I mean, my kids are on sports teams and this and that, just like everyone else. You know, we are busy too. But if you can begin to lay the groundwork for this larger perspective, there's always that connection to it that you can rely on to bring you back into presence. Uh, That's just so beautiful. When you said that right there, you know, it's not about – parent to child or cashier to customer, you know, all those different kind of, you know, as as all this chapter I was reviewing today in, in Eckhart Tolle's New Earth, this, these roles that we play, you know, and all those roles have a function and you honor that, but that can't
can't be your your full experience. Otherwise, it will be unsatisfactory. It won't be. It won't you know touch at that deeper level that we really yearn for. So to really begin, I love the way you shared that. You begin you know you know uh, sharing with your kids that it, that's what it is, and say they recognize that so easily, and almost you know make it you know their in their their exploration of that childlike, you know, there's someone else, you know, we can connect mm-hmm. with on a soul to someone else. That's so beautiful the way you framed it right there. You can, And it's, like, exciting. I remember walking my little guy into preschool who was, like, four at the time, four and a half, and it would just be like, there's another one, the nanny with the child. You know, and when they're younger, if you start this a little bit younger, but as you and I know, the spiritual journey, it's ongoing for me, for you. No big sure. finish line to enlightenment. It's in you know it's in the woods and out of the woods at least that's how it's been for me moments of tremendous clarity and um oneness and then i'm back in the woods with some self-doubt and confusion you know that's how it is and that's how it'll be for your kids but um i think really laying the groundwork is important and i i will say as you kind of touched on earlier 90 percent of soul-to-soul parenting is, is really the parent becoming a clear mirror for their child if if the parent can do what it takes, whether it's study, tole, meditation, AA, whatever, channeling, drumming, whatever it is that helps you to open your own gateways to presence, to connection, and clear out some of that psychic debris, you automatically bring your children along with you to some degree. There's just no getting around it. The energy in the home shifts as the parent expands and moves into being this more and more. I think that's spot on, and that's you know definitely from what I've been reading and and learning. That's it. It really is. It it comes down to modeling, and mm-hmm. talking about it is one thing, and there's definitely value in that. And teaching, you know, there's value in that. But ultimately, you know, to to like you said, to you know, shift the energy in the home, and you do that by shifting your own energy. That is, that is truly where it's at. And and you know, when you when you can shift and and then grow deeper consciously, grow deeper spiritually, then, you know, the, the teaching happens on a deeper level just mm-hmm. through, you know, I, I know myself because I'm just very aware of this. I have a four-and-a-half-year-old son, and, you know, every day, you know, there's opportunities for us to connect because he has tons of stories to share, and he wants to come up and tell me his stories. And so when those moments happen, I just drop everything, and I just look right into his eyes and it is very very much like a soul to soul thing and as he's sharing he he sees I'm not distracted he he sees I'm just fully present listening to him and even though his stories aren't that long when he finishes you know he feels I can just see that he feels fulfilled because he's been heard Mm-hmm. And, seen and even and though heard. Yeah. he's been seen and heard, yeah, and even though you know I'm not, I don't have to do it for hour upon hour, but you know, and and I, you know, again, you know, it's most likely when I'm in the middle of a project or working on something, and it's I could easily say I'm listening and go back to doing that, but just by having that level of presence or consciousness available to when when those moments arise to recognize how powerful that is to make space for that connection and they they don't have to even be that long but Mm -hmm. and when it's there it's just so palpable it's so enriching and nourishing that i can see that he feels recognized on that deeper level he feels connected on the deeper level 
And then well, he really, leaves the home and goes out into the world and, uh, you know, whether he's 10, 25, 30, but that is, becomes imprinted with him. The, he then has the permission to be that connection for others as well in that mirroring capacity. You know, so that's what what you're doing without teaching or speaking or doing one activity. And we've got all that, and that can be powerful too. But what you just sure. described, that's that's the teaching right there. Yeah. Really that is it. for sure. You know, and you know what just comes to mind right now, because I know this is such a big part of of you know the reason why I connected so deeply with Eckhart Tolle's teachings, and I know many other people, it's the same thing comes down to this term that Eckhart Tolle coined, which is the pain body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not for sure if you're, uh, if you have any opinion on that, because I, I don't know if you mentioned that specifically in your book. I, from what I read today, I didn't see it mentioned, but I know that, you know, you know, because my, you know, I still have a pain body, my wife still has a pain body, and every once in a while those things flare up and it creates, you know, negative vibes in the home or it creates, you know, um, not the vibration we want to carry, and mm-hmm. so, but so, and I and I know that as our you know our children have been impacted by that throughout the years, and so, you know, I don't know if there's any any insights you have around you know specifically, you know, dealing with the pain body and and you know recognizing that within your child and, and ways to to kind of bring consciousness to that is 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 that something you, you care to speak yes. on? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean. Um... I, I, I use terms like psychic debris for that, but yes, I mean, I think it, what, what we're saying, it's very, very important that the parents are aware of their pain body and do the work needed in their own interior to tend to that. Um, and as far as our kids, um, we have a big emotional scale that I got from the um, Jester, the, the Abraham um, work, just Jerry and Esther Hicks. We have a big poster up in our hallway and one posted on our um refrigerator so our kids really have an opportunity to point out and identify where they are emotionally at any given time Um, and in the book offers some anger process an anger process forgiveness exercises different things that you can help them get through that emotion and move through it in the now so it doesn't become part of something they're going to need to look at when they're 30 or 40 years old um so we're really big on allowing emotions and identifying them and creating a safe space in the home to release that. Um, to me, sooner the sooner the better. You know, this is really about hopefully our children will, will grow up and not have as much pain body if they've been raised in a conscious home. So that, you know, when they're 40, they will have been offering their gifts to the world, their highest potential, we'll say, um, what they came here to do, they will have been off and running with that authentically much earlier on than perhaps some of us were able to do. That is awesome, you know, and that is really it. And, and when you were talking there, what struck me is you said you have some processes for uh, for dealing with anger. You know, and, I also, mm-hmm. and uh, to me it seems like, you know, when I observe my children, it, I see that it's out of frustration and all of a sudden it turns into anger and they get can get very angry. Mm-hmm. And so is there something you can offer right now as far as just some insights on how to, you know, allow kids to process that so it, so there's no residual that remains they can, you know, identify in a sense or, or recognize it and, and 
Yes, I, um, I actually learned the anger process. Um, you know, teacher, student, student, teacher, two sides of the same coin as this wonderful, my, I've gone to a channeling teacher in Chicago for years. Her name is Cheryl Noday, and she taught me and others this anger process. And um, when it involves like a, a plastic baseball bat, it's three steps. And um, if you have your point, is, your point is really to let children know it's okay to feel angry, and you move mm. through the emotion versus deny or repress. And um, an emotion has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And um, they have the capacity to move through it. And so you, with the baseball bat, like on a on a, a pillow or a pad, you bed you put a symbol of what you might be angry at, a picture that the child has drawn or something that symbolizes it. And then with the baseball bat, you really use your body and maybe even your words and maybe you're crying. And the point is to get that anger out of your vibration and really release it. Um, And then afterwards you do, uh, you get quiet once you really feel like you've exhausted Mm -hmm. that release, um, you get quiet and do one self-loving thing for yourself. Maybe for a child it's to go build with Legos, or for an adult it's to sit quietly and drink tea. But you you come back into yourself and you get back into the quiet presence. But, you know, maybe it needs to be repeated three times over one topic. I've done it several times for something. You know, it takes a while, but, boy, when that's released, it's released. And I think that's very important. I was taught growing up it's not good to be angry. You know, you repress it, you repress it. And um, I, I, did, I did not think that served me very well. And we work with our kids a lot on their body and really appreciating their body, and they know that they would not want their body to store anger. Um, that is an energy that would then be in their body, in their hip, in their knee, whatever, showing up maybe 10, 12, you know, 30 years later to be looked at as disease. So we really work a lot with that, too. You know, that's awesome. And just as you were saying there, what I see still is that, you know, when when children express, you know, big emotions like that, is that that's not allowed, really, is that it's not, um, you know, it's kind of embarrassing or it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just irritating as a parent or uncomfortable. And so you want to, you know, you want to uh, stuff that as soon as possible instead of allowing for a healthy way for kids to express it, obviously, you know, they don't have any reason not to express it. I don't think, they, you know, they don't, they don't yeah. feel embarrassed or anything like that. They're looking for ways to express that probably and that they're not allowed that. So I can so we see the value of finding a technique to allow that to be expressed then. And all, anything I offer here in the book, it's all about, ooh, Annie, I liked that part of it, but I'm going to create my own way of doing it with this. You know what I mean? And I hope that's how you and I work with each other tonight and beyond. To me, it's all about everything's in the oneness, every idea, you know, and just working, creating our own, but yet, you know, utilizing other people's um, perspectives as well. And really a big point here is that we want to create a home environment, when you talk about that pain body, for a safe place for truth, for honesty, for speaking truth, for being truth, um, really, really being comfortable within your own skin. And that includes all of the emotions. You know, we are in the human body and emotions are going to surface. Um, So if we can offer that to our children, 
you know, I don't I don't care so much if my kids walk the walls of the halls of Harvard or not, if they choose yes, no, but oh boy, if my kids are 21, 25, and they're very in tune with their own internal compass, and they are comfortable within their own skin, and have a real balance of being this and doing this in their life, then I feel that I will have done my best as a parent. Beyond all the soccer, sports, or music that we offer them, that's fine, but to me, this will be the best of what my husband and I have offered them. That was truly powerful what you just stated right there. And, and uh, that to me, that just resonates as, you know, something, I don't know, we should, that should be the, you know, what every school writes down as their mission yeah. statement or their purpose statement because, you know, testing scores and whatever, whatever the external, um, you know, indicators are that we use these days that, you know, they just don't seem to be as effective in creating you know, healthy, happy, balanced, um, productive kids. And mm-hmm. so, the, you know, yeah, the, it's a the real five. Is, it's a five sensory model versus what we're talking about. It's it's much more, um, you know, intuitive based, and it's the feeling nature of things. I'll, I'll give you a great soul to soul parenting example here of um this boy who loved fabrics and textures and materials, beginning at an early age. We're talking three, two you know, would come up and if someone was wearing a beautiful scarf, recognize, touch it, pet it. And um, by the time he was 12, the mother, of course, had, had observed this closely, and she gave him a sewing machine for his 12th birthday. And um, that was the most joyous gift that boy had ever received because mm. the mom gave him permission to be himself. And what she said to the boy, soul to soul, with that gift, without a single word, was I see you and I honor you and I support you in offering your true self to the world. And to me, you know, everything we're talking about here, whether we're using a little bit more Tolle language or Neil Donald Walsh, and that's all metaphysical and wonderful. And But, oh, my gosh, that's, that's the real deal, you know, a mother and a child. And that's how it looks acted out in a human suit, I feel like. That's so powerful right there, yeah, you know, and then that's the whole thing is to, as you just said, she was able to recognize and honor who he was, and so, you know, how do we, as parents, you know, um, I guess it comes back to just growing ourselves spiritually so we can, you know, not only see that, but then actually take action and step through that and, and honor that, so, mm-hmm. again, you're talking about yeah. this very big, uh, go ahead. Oh no! Finish. I'm sorry. Well, you're saying at the very beginning, it's uh, you know, you know, in order to model it, we have to be it. So really focusing on our own spiritual growth, so that we're able as, you know, parents to really usher in a new, you know, a new generation that's much more in tune, that's much more aware, that honors their intuition or those deeper, you know, that deeper inner compass, as you're saying, so that mm-hmm. we can you know, foster a generation that can, you know, bring this new earth to reality that Eckhart Tolle has talked about. Yeah. And so that's so Yeah, I think, I feel, I call it um, listening to the voice of your own soul. And of course, people call it different things. But, um, you know, to me, a greater intimacy with each of our own souls is what will change our world. 
So it's not, for, in my personal opinion, it's, it's not really a political piece, an educational piece, a religious piece, a health care piece. It's um, what I would call a spiritual piece or a presence piece or an authentic piece, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, 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 semantics are so difficult sometimes because um, I want to include everyone in this conversation. It's not about labeling yourself even as spiritual. It's about being authentic to me. Um, and I think that's what's going to change the world. And missing peace then is spelled both ways, of course, P-I-E-C-E, P-E-A-C-E. Um, and talking about what you were modeling with the, the kids, a great way to model Tolle-type experience for for kids is that you know you're in your backyard on a saturday let them maybe you're just enjoying observing a cardinal or a flower um and one they can observe you taking 20 minutes to do that or an hour not Mm. you know running around and mowing the lawn and then running from that to this to that to other you know actually observing and of course if they ask what you're doing share i feel the aliveness in that flower Sit with me and join me if you want to or not. It doesn't need to be forced. But just like we observe our children, they're observing us. So um, I think that that's, that would be a powerful example of maybe bringing Tole into the family. Like don't be shy about sharing in, with your children more about beingness. You know, as, you're, as you're talking there, I have two young kids. I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old, so it seems like that would be an easy thing to do because they're so, you know, inquisitive and open and, you know, I have, you know, I can use a language that might be considered a little bit more out there, but what also came up to me is if you're you're new to this and you have teenagers who might be a little bit more cynical or might be more, you know, if you started talking like that, they'd be like, "Um, that's like awkward, why are you talking like that, you know, stop doing that right now so you don't don't embarrass me. So is there a way to to do that with, if if you happen to have, uh, teenagers and they're not yeah. oh, oh. And I, I've got two teen- teenagers now I will say I'll kind of hit on a few things you said um, it, it's a, probably a little bit easier I mean I woke up one day and it was very clear my kids were 4, 7, and 8 I want to take them with me on all that mm. um, I'm gaining from moving into a more toy like experience and um, presence and everything else um, really my gateways to joy and um, it was, it's easier when they're younger because it really becomes the natural language and the natural way of navigating life in your home. Um, and you mentioned it. I mean, nature, obviously, biggest gateway for kids that age. You know, we're not talking about all these out there things. We're talking about everyday realities. So that nature, when they're young, would be great. Picture books. We would do a family discussion every Sunday. We kind of set a, a place and a time and let our kids know that this is what we'd be doing once a week, a family discussion, and um, maybe a six-minute picture book. And it doesn't have to be, you know, one written by a spiritual master out there. It can be any picture book, and you begin pulling some of this stuff out of it. And you might get a two-minute little discussion out of it. You might have them draw what they felt after, you know, simple things. And then as they do get older, you've got the language there. And then when they get off the bus um, on a Monday afternoon, you've talked about self-love. You've talked about gratitude as more than just it's nice to say thank you, but gratitude is an actual felt vibration and what that means for your future creative um, opportunities 
for creating a reality. All those type of things then just became become natural. As far as teenagers, I will hit that. I've got 14, 13, and 10, and even mine who have been really raised openly um, with this type of language. Oh, oh they, I get the eye roll, <laughs> believe me. You know, a family discussion, what? Or mom, you're dancing again, you know, oh, joy and gateway, <laughs> you know. And But it doesn't matter. They, I can see it and feel it in their eyes, they're taking in what they need to take in. I think if you get too rigid and trying to force it, or, oh, no, for a while they enjoyed it, now they don't, do your thing and offer it. Um, Live true, and I think that's really the best that you can offer your children. You know, I really do. And I I drive carpools. We we drive a spirit mobile, a minivan that says spirit on the license plate and ego versus spirit, a little poem on the glove compartment. And, um, joy on the steering wheel and um i tell you what you know my kids i drive 14 year old girls to soccer and my i said you know honey would you like me to take this down because you know i know we're getting older now and they, all three kids said unanimously no and you know i kids get into my car who absolutely their parents are do not speak this type of language and this one girl down the block, she's the first to notice. Miss Burnside, did you switch one of those little sayings in your car? Or we have Carbo Fest at our house. My husband's a biology teacher at a high school and soccer coach. We'll have, you know, 20 girls from his team over. And our kitchen, as an example, has all these visual cues in it, I call it, soul-to-soul reminders, which is a vehicle in the book. Oh, my gosh, inevitably groups of the girls are in there, you know, Tolle-type quotes or whatever, and just a gag. And you can feel it, you know, that it, it opens something, a possibility for them at a future date to maybe go a little bit deeper if they so choose. That's beautiful, you know, and it comes back to, I think something we touched on earlier too is that, and I, I'm seeing this, you know, that, you know, something that works when they're four is it might not work when they're six or something that works when they're eight might not work when they're 12. And so obviously this is a, you know, a very fluid process as kids grow from, you know, from toddlers to, you know, young kids and to teenagers as they go through all those different phases, you know, what worked a few years ago might not work today. So it's definitely a process of, as far as doing that, uh, those, those, um, putting those reminders out or ways we act, those things shift and change. So just being fluid and open. Yeah. So as things evolve, you're able to, you know, have conversations or pick up on something that might be more helpful or might, you know, noticing that this, you know, having these stickers up no longer works, you might need to put up a quote or whatever that is. So, again, just being very fluid and, and evolving with your child as their needs change or as, as their, um, yeah, just as their needs change like that. Yeah, and, and being really noticing as a parent what you're interested in. You know, like we watch American Idol together as, as a family. You know, we enjoy it. It's fun to see people reach for their dreams, whatever. And it's just something we have to enjoy. Well, you know, so one of our family discussions not too long ago was music that they love. Lita Wise, the winner from two years ago, wrote this great song, Sweet Serendipity. So we listened to the song off one of our iPods as a family and then discussed what a synchronicity is, a serendipity and um, gave examples, perhaps, of times in our life where you felt that and what it led to, um, or maybe when you felt it but didn't heed it and and how that felt. And then we listen to the song again with eyes closed, and then that's the family discussion. So it doesn't have to – it's everyday reality to me is what we want to use here because it's 2011, 
And for me, it's about who are you at your kid's baseball game? Who are they pitching on the mound? Who are you when you go to the grocery store? I mean, I've had a lot of mystical-type experiences, soul-to-soul, many at my local grocery store, just observing the bagger where all of a sudden the entire store filled with a pulsating love, the tears Mm. in the eyes, the scalp wide open, tingling, and such love. I saw the entire universe in the bagger's eyes, everything there, trees, you know, right there in him. And it just things like that. And I came home and I shared it at dinner. Y'all will never believe what happened to me at the grocery store. (laughs) It doesn't matter if they roll their eyes. You know what I mean? My husband isn't even as into it. He's very soul-to-soul in his own way. You know, he feels it riding his Harley down Lakeshore Drive with the sun rising. And then he comes home and he said, Annie, I felt it, what you feel a little bit more easily and readily and talk about so openly. I felt it. And I just said, good for you. You know, that's amazing. So millions of pathways to connection, I, I believe. Without that, and I think what what I've been learning here as we've been talking is really, you know, just, you know, what you, I guess you could say being a leader. Uh, another way I, I would say it is, uh, which comes from this um, this group that we, my wife and I were involved with in L.A. is around, you know, methods of raising your child and, and you know, what, what this group always referred to as being an advocate, being your child's advocate, whether it's in school or in sports, you know, letting them know that you're there for them and can facilitate conversations or disputes, whatever that is. And I can really see that you're being an advocate for, you know, a spirituality entering your child's life that, you know, it, it obviously modeling is a big part in you being present and you being, you know, learning to deal with your pain body as, as a parent or as an adult is very important. But at the same time, I, I can see how much uh, more you would be impactful within your children's life if you can be an advocate and take a more active role in initiating those conversations, in, you know, sharing, you know, what your experience at the grocery store or whatever it might be. So I really, you know, and coming to an awareness of how powerful that is in this aspect of life is because my kids are four and six. And like I mentioned earlier, I don't really have a lot of conversations still around this, you know, I, I you know, and I know those conversations are coming because they are getting older, but I really see the value of really of being an advocate and, or being a, more of a leader and, and putting much mm-hmm. more energy and focus on, bringing spirituality and conversation of spirituality into the home. Yeah, it's like an advocate for their soul, uh, you know. There you go, I mean, an advocate for their soul, exactly. That's yeah. exactly what it is, yeah. yeah. Because if not you, really, who's going to, it just struck me, like, who is going to advocate for that, for their largest perspective, and allow that and give them the courage to be that, you know. Um, so a couple other examples, you know, I, we talk about mm. trusting our vibes. Do you trust your vibes? And we've taught them what a vibe is. And so use that in conversation. I trusted my vibe today. Um, Or they know we talk a lot about all of us have different gateways where you really open up those channels of connection. And I love to dance. I danced as a child six days a week, and I still dance. So my kids, I'll say, oh, gosh, it's been a little bit of a rough day. I'm feeling a little bit, you know, flat 
or not as connected, not as alive, not as present as I could be, I'm going to take 20 minutes and go dance. And I, they, I come right up to my bedroom. They know I'm turning on that music, and they know that, you know, I'm I'm a creator in my own life, and I'm going to open those channels. I'm not going to wait for some external force to open me into presence, you know. So I come up, and they're like, you done dancing yet? I'm like, not yet. I'm getting there, though. And, oh, the <laughs> You know, the, and I come out, and they can see it in my face. I mean, my eyes are sparkling. So we always say, really encourage our kids, move in the direction of joy, peace, upliftment, mm. empowerment, freedom, presence. Um, I can give you another example. My daughter, my oldest just decided to quit travel soccer after years of playing. And she came to us, and how she made that decision is we had her get quiet and imagine playing again next year as a freshman in high school and how did that how did it feel like feel your way and she opened her eyes and she said she felt dread a pit in her stomach anxious mm. flatness heaviness and so we said okay without judgment close your eyes sweet girl and um imagine and feel as you imagine what it would feel like to do different things as a freshman in high school and to create that space. And, I mean, the smile just came onto her face. She, this, it, it became, she looked lighter, and she said, I felt joy. I felt more peace. I felt lighter. And we just said, oh, baby girl, that's your answer. So that's kind of just an example. That's how we, the Burnsides, are, are moving into that's how we help our kids make a decision without analyzing it to feel it. So maybe that could help people with older kids too. Um, that was a very powerful example what you just had right there as far as, you know, I think it's when you're given space to tune in, especially, a, a ch- uh, you know, a child, you know, there's, like, you know, we've been talking about, we just live so fast and there's so many distractions and there's so many, you know, things to do is that there isn't those moments and just, to go ahead and, and intentionally and consciously create space and then to you know to tune in and to visualize a certain scenario and how does that feel to you, I think that's a very powerful tool to use to you know uh, allow kids to make a more conscious decision about what they're doing. So obviously if, she, if she would have said yes because of your pressure, then all the negative vibes that would have happened the next year because mm-hmm. of you know her feeling you know obligated to do something she didn't want to do you know, what is that going to serve? How is that going to, you know, truly help her? You know, so that's so powerful that you're able to step back and create space to do that and then honor her decision. That's awesome. And then if you've had an experience like that when they're little, this is how it all begins to integrate, you know. So we use the term feel your way, capital F-E-E-L, way, exclamation point. So if you've taught that to your kids or they use that, then that's a new visual cue on the kitchen cabinet or on their um, their personal desktop. Remember how this worked for you? Let's just put this here as a reminder. And a 14-year-old, they're open to that. You know, they might not want it on their notebook at school, but in their private room or, you know, we have family things that we've talked about, the kitchen. One of my vehicles is these soul-to-soul reminders. And um, we have one in our big family bathroom mirror. We've got uh, several on kitchen cabinets because that's a big family space for us. So um, it, as you and I both know, you know, it, takes a, a, it can take a lot to fully integrate um, 
many of these things that resonate and that we know and that we experience into daily living. I found that to be true. I circle back again and again and again, and it just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. Years ago, I didn't know the journey was through my own interior. <laughs> that was the biggest no. surprise in the world to me, and how lovely that is. I'm thrilled that that has been the journey for me. I didn't get that before, you know, and it's this uh, the love affair is with your own soul, really, I think. Um, and another way to share with your kids is, you know, you have an ailment. I've, I've had a lower back issue for the past few months, and it wasn't just ice it down, it's just a back and let someone else fix it. Um, I, my kids have observed my working every angle of this, both the interior angle as well as the physical angle and how you begin to initiate self-healing and you talk to your back and you love your mm. back and you, you get to, you know, it's the, it's the root. Okay, then I'm looking and I'm journaling about it. And, you know, the homies say, I got another hit on my back. I got another hit. I've got an insight. Uh-huh. And, you know, and that's the joy and the excitement of uncovering what's there. I think we can offer our children much more than people realize. That is awesome. Like you, we were saying, you're you're not only an advocate for their soul, you're an advocate for your soul and for your body and, you know, taking time to um, investigate at the deeper levels instead of, um, you know, uh, like you said, instead of just fixing it or throwing some ice on it, really, you know, you know, looking at the deeper issues, which is all awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we teach our kids, you know, if you break a wrist, yeah, the doctor can set that wrist. That's wonderful. The doctors as much a part of the oneness as the spiritual healer or whatever, of course. But you don't have to let it in there. You can also look into ways in which you could be more flexible in your own life, you know, as the wrist represents flexibility. So just even little things like how you handle an ailment um, goes a long way to really um, teaching your children just how you handle things in daily reality. Like you said, modeling, that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. So I do want to uh, let folks know who have joined us tonight live on the call as we're coming here to the back side of the call. If you have a question for Annie or if you want to share you know, a situation that you're experiencing in, with your family, with your children, to get some feedback, you just got to go ahead and hit star six on your phone, and that will let me know you have a question. I'll go ahead and hit the button to bring you in. We'd love to have questions or or uh, situations people are facing, and this would be a wonderful time here as we come to the, the back side of the call. So, again, hit star six on your phone if you have a question or if you'd like to share something. All right, and, you know, another thing that comes to mind, you kind of touched on it earlier, was this idea of tuning into the body, you know, and that's another thing that I really took away from the teachings of Eckhart Tolle is, you know, his... his um emphasis on the inner body connecting to that inner energy field and, and using that as a gateway to you know to ultimately connect at a deeper level with that uh, with our uh you know the beingness within you know and in doing so we also you know connect to our int- intuition at a deeper level we facilitate healing all that stuff so is there anything you recommend to folks as far as ways for them to facilitate their children connecting with the uh, you know, the intelligence of the body and then that inner body, so and in doing so, connecting to that, that uh, you know, a deeper sense of beingness or that, that inner energy field? Yes. You know, we, um, basically a huge poster that says your body 
is awesome, exclamation point, um, would go a long way, just that appreciation of your body. But um, we really work with our kids and their bodies in two ways. One is what we call a red light, green light navigational system. And really beginning to train them in an early age, and you could even make, you know, I'm always in the book, and me personally, I like to offer practical suggestions too, you know, like as a family, you could, when your kids are little, with construction paper, you could create a, a, like a stoplight with red, green, yellow, and really talk about what a red light might feel like in your body or in their body, meaning a red flag, meaning a, whoa, I might not want to make that choice. I might not want to choose that as a priority. I might not want to move in that direction. You know, it could be a headache. It could be feeling less energy. It could be a sudden ailment, lethargy, pit in the stomach, you know, and really help them, you know, red light, red flag, that's a very visual thing for them to understand. So just acknowledging that their body offers them that if they allow it to and if they begin to recognize what a red light feels like for them. And then, again, you've maybe done a one-family discussion where you create the light, and this is ongoing for them now for 18 years. Do you feel a red light about that? You know, and, and even they were four is when they made the light, but when they're 18, you can still refer to it. Um, and then what a green light would feel like, like a yes, an interior yes of enthusiasm, freedom, empowerment, the joy we talked about. So that would be one thing, the red light, green light navigational, really using your body for that, I feel like, is important to teach your children. And then the second was this initiating of self-healing. Um, I just cannot stress that enough, actually creating a relationship with your body. And to me, it's really about teaching your children, you know, that the cells that make up your knee, that those cells have infinite intelligence. They are part of the overall intelligence that we're a part of. And they know enough to make up that knee. And if you break your leg or you hurt your knee, you have a deep appreciation for what that knee actually does. It holds you up. So we really, if our kids get hurt in a spot or um, along with maybe some of the physical healing, that it's up to them to make a connection with that body part. Touch it, caress it, invite it to heal, thank it, feel gratitude for what the knee does, journal about it draw a picture if your kids are little, but really let them make the connection. The knee is not just some part of you that you're not really connected to and that isn't connected to a larger intelligence, and you just kind of put it out there for someone else to fix and heal, that you are very much responsible and accountable for much of your own healing from the inside out. So we talk a lot about from the inside out, from the inside out, um, and creating our own reality, and that goes with wellness as well. So help people, those kind of two aspects of the body that we really have moved into with our children. That's powerful, yeah, and I think that in itself will, you know, as, as children are allowed to be more intentional about an exploration of their body and, and recognizing the, the really the wonder and the, uh, how amazing the body is, that probably is a, a, you know, a, a wonderful gateway for them to explore that what that inner energy field is and connecting to that and, and, and sensing that. So I think those are you know, powerful recommendations right there. Yeah. I was having something with my liver and uh, the relationship, and it did. It moved me beyond my liver it, into 
the oneness, the, the glory of just sitting quietly and caressing and talking to my liver. This was years ago and inviting it to heal. And I, I kid you not, talked right on back to me. I mean, like just sitting <laughs> quietly on my couch. I mean, it blew. I had even my kids eventually heard it too. I was like, you got to hear this. I would, and just the gratitude that I felt. And I looked up on the internet what the liver did. My husband, who's a biology teacher, brought home, you know, from the big body thing that hangs. And I held that, that liver and I looked at it. I mean, I don't think we're taught to make that no. connection. And that connection with your body will take you to that deeper connection um, that we talk about. Your body is the gateway, just like nature's the no. gateway, your very own body. And obviously you can tell I'm enthusiastic about this topic because I just, uh, so much, it's all right here for us. And many families and parents, we, we always look outside for the next thing. And it's, it's your physical body. It's your own backyard. That, you know, that's where it is. And that's really what your kids yearn for, I think, ultimately. I so agree. That's it right there. And like you said, there's, it's not a complicated path because it is right there with your body is just one thing to explore. That's so amazing. But then, like you said, just with nature in your own backyard, there's so much, you know, right in our daily experience that we can begin using to, you know, facilitate this deeper journey, mm-hmm. which, you know, brings up, I, I know, you know, cause this is very in, you know, important to me. I work with people one-on-one and I just, you know, it just you know the the value of working with a guide and, and receiving that that guidance and that you know and those tips from someone who's been there is just so invaluable to the spiritual journey and growing. And I know with, that you work with people one on one. So with the few minutes we have left, if you wouldn't mind sharing just a little bit with folks, you know what is it that you do and some of the scenarios where you know clients are contacting you, you know how is it that you facilitate people and, and work with people one-on-one to guide yeah, them on uh, this journey. Well, you know, um, I call myself a soul nurturer, and it's, it's, a, it's a name that I created. Why? Because it felt right. It felt like who I've been my whole life, really. And um, I, I think a lot of us wait, you know, oh, I need a Ph.D. to do that, or I need this. And I think we're beyond, quite frankly, needing a degree to be soul-to-soul with someone. So mm. I literally, I mean, I have a master's education as far as teaching. I teach fourth grade, but um, and just hold space for people to share. And I, I model and help ignite maybe perhaps um, enthusiasm and give people permission to go down this path of spiritual truth and authenticity for them. That's what I think people get out of it. And we go through soul soul reminders. We talk about the body. We talk about everything as perspective. We talk about soul to soul versus roll to roll. And it's just a sharing back and forth um, about 10 kind of basic things, you know, the divine paradox and different things like that. And, but it's a very open fluid, just like you and I talking right here. Um, Cause it's, I, I'm, I always make it very clear. It's about, it's about their truth. And um, if I can help them uncover something more in their interior or feel excitement and joy about the self-exploration path and um, embarking on that, then I like to be a fire starter for that. I feel like that's really, um, that's my role, I think, just excitement, enthusiasm to head on into that interior journey a bit more and to offer it to your families as well. 
Yeah, when you know, what I'm hearing also, because I, I think this is so invaluable, and that first, I think it was to, when I was reading some of your articles that in your website, it, it came to mind was that, you know, it's this whole di- idea of perspective, and when we're, you know, we're locked in a certain frame of perspective, it's hard to see, you know, ourselves. It's hard to see our children. It's hard to see solutions, and so mm-hmm. you know, having, you know, the, just going back to having, you know, personal support, I just think it's so invaluable to. You know, when when you have someone that you can connect with, and then share at this level, share these types of topics, which some people might not have people in their lives where they can share at this level with, and then in doing so, you that's you can see all of a sudden your perspective is able to shift, and you're able to see opportunities to connect with your kids, or you're able to see, you know, beyond the, you know, the challenges that might arise with your kids to see, you know you know, the the joy they bring, the gifts they bring, all that stuff. So I really think it is just invaluable to, you know, to work with people. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to share that a bit about perspective and shifting perspective. Well, we always say, how far out can you go with with your perspective? You know, um, with Einstein, I mean, it's the, the, the farther out you go, there's really only one of us in the room. And that beautiful divine paradox, we think about this, my husband and I, a lot when we talk about if something seems like, oh, my gosh, our children are this, you know. To me, the greatest divine um, paradox is everything has deep meaning, this discussion with you, connecting with your child, and in the same space, nothing matters. Because when you're an eternal, infinite, intuitive, spiritual being, I cannot ultimately be damaged, and neither can my children. You know, we can perceive to be, but that my largest perspective, which I hold on to more and more in daily reality and with daily chaos and daily, quote, unquote, a feeling of emergency or intensity is, um, you know, we're, we're, we're eternal. So they're, they're really, we, we feel our way and make our best choices, but ultimately there's very little fear in my life that I'm going to do something that damages my children. You know, I do this because it's a calling and it feels like the right way to parent. Um, That's powerful, yeah. And, um, you know, something else that was just coming up here is just, you know, as we come here to the last few minutes of the call is, um, you know, if someone is looking to make a fresh start or to try something new or just like, oh, I've just been tried everything, I don't know what to do, is like, you know, what what is something that you can offer folks who are listening you know what, like, uh, what's a, the next step or a first step that they can take as far as something really practical to begin, you know, a new path regarding to, you know, relating with their kids or bringing a deeper consciousness into the home. Is there anything that you can offer? You know, I, I can. Uh, you know, my tips are all pretty every day, and I, what comes to mind probably because this, this is just really one of my favorite words and my great my great ecstasy is is the word joy. I would say turn the joy in your daily family life up. Mm. Sing more. Dance more. Smile more. Hum more. Laugh more. Relax rigid perspectives more as often as possible through openness, through gratitude, through authenticity. Um, I would say uh, if families could do that a bit more, um, uh, much, much would change. Um, mm. I, I really, I, I, I truly believe that I cannot stress joy enough. And I tell you what, if you need to make a soul-to-soul reminder and put it on your bedside uh-huh. table as the parent, turn the joy in family life up. 
um, turn it up, then do it. Put it on your steering wheel, you know, so it's not just something that you hear tonight, no, it sounds nice, or, ooh, I do want to do that. But if you're like me, I need some reminders till it becomes really integrated, that joy is a top priority in the family. I'm going to do that, and I'll challenge the listeners to do that, too. I'm going to take a Post-it note, and I'm going to write on there, turn up the joy, <laughs> and I'm going to put that on my steering wheel. Yes. And so I'm going to do that. That's a very practical thing, and if there's something else within there that resonates with you, I would encourage you to, you know, the folks who are listening, to write that, that reminder down on a Post-it note, and either way you can put it up on the your computer or the refrigerator or your steering wheel, but just put that one thing that you can start doing, turn up the joy, you know, whatever, you know, all those different things you're talking about right there. I think that's a great place to start just to you know, bring an, a new energy or ampl- you know, amplify that positive energy and bring that in and see how that can begin working, you know, uh, working magic in your relationships with your kids and within your family energy field. That would be wonderful. And, and another really quick one, grab a coin and keep that someplace prominent in the family and really get in the practice of flipping, literally flipping, and the coin is symbolic of that, flipping the coin challenges into positive learning opportunities. So they come to you, and, you know, especially in elementary school or any, you know, flipping. What, what can you pull um, the positive opportunity from what seems like a complete challenge or a complete disaster. And that really mm. starts to get into Eckhart Tolle's acceptance. You know, you start with the acceptance so that you can move into enjoyment or enthusiasm. Um, so that would be another little thing with families. Get a coin. Awesome. Make, one and make a big deal about it. This is going to be our coin. Okay, this is our family coin, and we're going to put it here on this, you know, above the kitchen sink. This is our family altar, and we'll put other special things there, and this is going to be our coin. So we're having a hard time flipping the challenge. We're going to get out that coin. You know, all these type ideas I do have in the book, but it's just little things like that. I can't tell you. Get creative with it. Don't be afraid to be a little funky. You know, we burn sides. We're kind of quirky. We like it that way. (laughs) <laughs> That's our authenticity. And I encourage other families, show the world what you got. Show it. You know, that's really what this is about. So, Awesome. Perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for, things that you can start doing. And that's a good one, too. And actually, as you, when you're saying that, I, I again, I have a four- and a six-year-old. And boy, oh, boy, when we need to, when they both want to do something, like be on the computer or sit in a certain seat in the car, that's what we do is flip a coin. So that coin thing will come in right away. That's something that they can relate to. And, and we can bring that into an awareness of let's flip this and, you know, look at the positive or look at another way of doing it. And like you say, being creative on that. So. And, it, and I know our time is pretty much up, but it really ingrains in them, too, that they're accountable. They are really steering the own ship of um, their reality and creating it as far as how they perceive things. And that cannot begin soon enough. It's no one else's fault. It's not your, you know, victimhood. And um, this accountability and responsibility um, for their own vibration is is extremely important, I think. So we, we give them tools to do that, of course. That's it, providing tools that they can use and start, you know, at a young age so those can become, you know, uh, they just become, they come, become second nature. So as, because there's, life is challenging, life is a test, mm-hmm. and to be given tools at a young age and to be, 
know, to have those tools uh, as far as putting to use modeled and have a, you know, what consciousness consciousness is and how that shows up in the world when that's modeled, you're offering your kids such a wonderful, wonderful gift. And, you know, the, you know, beingness is just so valuable and yet it's so kind of buried in the modern world with all the distractions and with all the, you know, busyness that just offering the gift of being, however you, you know, want to do that in your life, is just really invaluable. And, we'll, and everything we'll else, them. if you can balance that beingness with doing this and some of the things we're talking about here will fall into place much more effortlessly, I have found, with my children than um, trying to force it the old-fashioned way, you know. So. That's right. That's right. I agree. Well, Annie, thank you so much for agreeing to join us tonight and to, you know, share some of the, the tips and guidance that you offer in your book, Soul to Soul Parenting. You know, it's, as I mentioned, you know, it's just so invaluable to me right now because my kids are that age, and I just know that, you know, I want to, as you were mentioning, you know, when they're 25, if they can be, you know, balanced and connected and, you know, uh, happy and, you know, and have tools that they can use to tune in a deeper level, I know that that's far more, you know, what I want to offer them than all the other things which, you know, come and go and are, is on the radar than off the radar. Those things, you know, shift so quickly, you know, as we learn the world of form, it's, you know, something that's important one day and a year later, it's, you know, has no significance yeah. at all. But those being, feeling connected and feeling, you know, having that the, uh, connection, that inner knowing is just, you know, will be with them throughout their lives. So giving an opportunity to, to know what that is and to experience it and to see it model is just really an invaluable gift that I can give my children. So. Oh, well, I gosh, what a wonderful, fun, joyous discussion for me, truly. I really, really enjoyed it. And um, just appreciate you giving me the chance to share my perspective in my experience. So thank you, Greg. You are so welcome. Well, that's it for tonight's call. Thank you for joining us in the call live tonight. If you're tuned in and uh, thanks for listening. If you're listening this, to this as an archive on our website or on iTunes, and uh, this is living with toy teleseminar. We do this on the first Tuesday of every month. So join us uh, on, a, on a future date. We will, we will all the announcement, all the calls are announced on our website and uh, head over to living with You know, we have all of our, uh, past recordings archived and on other podcasts, interviews archived, and we have videos and tips and meditations that you can use to, you know, begin growing in presence power yourself. So you can be that, be that beingness for your children, model that in a more effective and powerful way. So, and thanks so much for joining us, and have a wonderful evening. Bye bye. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you have any feedback, comments, or any questions you'd like to ask or topics you'd like us to explore, feel free to drop us a line through the website or through our Facebook page. All of our teleseminars, as well as our podcasts and videos, are offered free of charge and commercial-free as a service to you. This is made possible by the donations that we receive from our listeners. You can donate now at livingwithtole.com. Thank you.